All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the L-E-G-I-O-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. I am Murray, and I'm an agent, an officer, an unexpected officer of burping. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Belching unexpectedly returns power into nasty glaze firing. <laughs> Our well, last, I did a, a gas kiln firing on the weekend, and we had got it down to, I don't want to say a science, because the gas kiln is all like a mixture of like different elements, and they all kind of work in and out together, but we had kind of got it down to a science where we could fire it in like 10 to 12 hours and get these beautiful results. And then over the summer, whatever magic we were doing left us and our 10 to 12 hour firings turned into like 15, 16, 19, 20 hour firings. Ooh, and that's long. Yeah, it was brutal because <laughs> you go in expecting like a day. I'm going to be there for a day, pack my lunch, pack lots of stuff to do. But. Once you hit like that 12 hour mark and you still have like eight hours to go, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's like murder. Anyway, pack a sleeping bag. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this last firing, the kiln started doing exactly what it had done the last three firings in that it, it, it had just kind of stalled. It wouldn't get hotter. It wouldn't get hot enough. And it had it was given all the gas that we could give it and we didn't like we had no idea how to get it increasing temperature anymore and we had talked to like a million people and someone suggested just um bursting some air into the kiln like just sending a big concentrated blast of air in which we had kind of never thought to do like the gas kiln works in in that you you have to balance the air with the amount of gas coming in with the amount of like it's all it's all about keeping the a certain amount of oxygen within the kiln so that you get these cool anyway we had never right. thought to play around with the air because it kind of the air regulates itself within the atmosphere of the gas kiln sort of <laughs> as far so. as we know <laughs> i mean i don't know but they suggested this and so we gave we like gave a couple of seconds of like concentrated air blasting into the kiln and then returned the air blast to like its normal level level and suddenly the kiln started climbing again and it was Ooh. like we were like holy smokes we've we've done it <laughs> and then one of the older potter ladies came in and was like oh yeah we were told to do that years ago we were told that that's called burping the kiln <laughs> so I was like, all right, I learned how to burp a kiln <laughs> and so, it's a trick I'm keeping in my bag of tricks because man, oh man, it pushed everything. Everything just went working again, which was exactly what we wanted. <laughs> so no more 20 hour day, 20 hour uh, firings. I hope not. I or at hope least not those this are, time. No, not this time, but Good. hopefully next time we know what to do to push it along quicker so that was amazing uh, amazing and we unloaded it today and the results looked beautiful so 
Excellent. Cool. Yes, that's even better. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. So that is me. Polywog is off on study leave. <laughs> it sounds like lots and lots and lots of fun. He's at Legion Central headquarters. He's filing out his 25-32X7 paperwork. <laughs> In triplicate. In triplicate, that's right. <laughs> so he's going to be busy for a while. Yeah, it's the triplicate part that uh, yeah. that takes the longest. Mm-hmm. So There's no I, carbon paper in uh, no. Legion land. No, they don't need anything <laughs> pathetic like that. You just fill it all out. Yeah. Each time. Yeah. Oh, that would be like the third circle of hell, I think. <laughs> and that you're inevitably going to make a mistake on like the second one halfway through and have to start it all over. <laughs> I know. Exactly. And they just hand it back to you. Nope, is all they say, and you have no idea where the mistake is <laughs> or on what copy. Uh, anyway, that's Paul. Ugh, that just sounds horrifying. I know. I know. Triplicating like crazy. <laughs> well, I am Al, and this week I have become an agent of Marvel's. Massive, mm. awesome read, villain. You got to use the Dracula accent for that. Villain, <laughs> villain, essential layers of story. Because I picked up this week, I got the book All of the Marvels by Douglas Wolk. Oh. Which is the book about the guy who basically he wrote, he read every Marvel book. Um, now, not the timely books, just everything from Fantastic Four 1 till I believe it was the end of Secret Wars, the most recent one. Oh my gosh. And basically has distilled it down to basically it's one story, more or less. Wow. Wow. Are you saying Douglas Woke did that reading or? Yeah, he he did the reading and then he wrote a book about it. My gosh. I can't even imagine. Like, did he? How? Tell me more. How did he do this? Did he read them all in chronological order? No, he jumped around. Okay. And he also had said, like, he really only took things that mattered to the main Marvel Universe or, like, the Marvel Universe. So, like, Ultimate stuff, yes, because that has a lot to do with it. Um, Rom, Godzilla, yes. But things like, uh, you know, the Star Comics, no. Or, you know, books that are, like, you know, that have nothing to do with the Marvel Universe whatsoever and just kind of, like, like little one-off things, like one-off series or, you know, licensed tie-ins, like Star Wars, no. yeah. Wow. So what is his book like? Like, is it a, what is it? What is he trying, like, is he, does he have something important to say? Is it just a. Well, he's basically saying it's like, it's all like one big story. It works out to be one big story, more or less. Even if it's not meant to be. That's wild. The first few chapters are about like, for people who don't read comics, like, you know, this is the stuff, you know, certain things you need to know. Mm-hmm. or like th- certain things you can just deal with and not have to worry about but then like there's a whole bunch of chapters where like each one has like a couple different comics he talks about specifically i guess how that how that relates to the big story and then at the end there's like a way of like of, of an overview of like each decade of like how like they, they kind of work like you know because of the trends and the things that the way the stories work you know of the tropes of the time how wow. kind of works. that's kind of cool was it a good read so far it is. I mean, I'm only, I'm on page 56. 
of and eight million. <laughs> well, not counting the index, three hundred fifty-four pages. Well, that's not bad. That's yeah. doable. Yeah. Wow, that poor man. His mind must be fried. Because he has lots of things like there's some cool stuff that like about a, like for people who don't read comics normally to like to help them understand things like uh uh what does continuity mean? What's canonical? How do I tell? What does it matter? Uh-huh. You know, or why are there so many series with nearly identical titles? <laughs> Speaking of Amazing Spider-Man One, why are there five different comics called that? Ugh. Yes. What are legacy characters? Cool. That would be a cool book to read. Yeah. Nice. I'll have to look for it. Yeah. I will have cool. to look for it. It's pretty cool. I'm enjoying it so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Alrighty. Well, speaking of ongoing stories, yes. he said making an awkward segue. <laughs> We got Legion 93, number 53. Uh, I got no more threes there. Yeah, we're out of threes. We're out of threes. Uh, Yeah. And it's got Amon Hack and what's his name? Darius? Darius. Darius, the cyborg cyborg in a a bottle. Well, a jar of. not a jar, a ball, a globe. Bubble. He's a globe right now. Yeah, he's a bubble. Uh, Amon Hack is holding the bubble head. <laughs> Before there were bobble heads, there was a bubble head. <laughs> Surrounded by 8 million robots that are like clawing all over him. It's like he's about to drown in them. Drown in robots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've really got like a, like a robot-y look. They look like the robots that Magnus Robot Fighter fights. Yes. Yeah. They do indeed. They've definitely got... They're definitely of a type, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Alrighty, so we get into it. It is called Shadows of the Past, and we get to see Larissa Mallor. She is standing there on the cover. Not the cover, sorry. The, uh... First the first page. page. Arms spread out doing her uh her super shadow pose. warrior pose. That's right, saying halt. And they are remembering Larissa Mallor. And it is a script and pencils by Mark Wade and Barry Kitson. Uh John Stokes is the inker. Laverne Kinzierski is the colorist. Gaspar's back on letters. Frank Perizzi is assistant editor, and Dan Raspler is the editor. Why do we have Larissa here? Because we're in Flashback Town. (laughs) Last issue, we met Larissa's dad. No, Lydia's dad, Larissa's husband. (laughs) He had crashed Legion headquarters, and now he's doing the recap. Uh, By birthright, she was Talakate's planetary champion, and as such, she defended her world valiantly until surrendering herself to the Coons to fulfill an insidious peace pact. From the crowds, I watched and I wept. She was my wife and I loved her, but I feared retribution all the more. And so betrayed my heart and my world. 
And then later I compounded my grief by giving our baby Lydia to a false priest god. He stole away with her, leaving Talak without a champion apparent, doubling my sins. I had left our people defenseless, and they have paid dearly for my crime. So that that recaps like the first like 20 know, issues, 50 issues of, <laughs> of Legion. That's right. Yeah, because it's pulse. It's the pulsar. Well, what a pulsar star grave, basically. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Um, so uh, he says. Uh, Talak 8 paid for the crimes, beginning with the children, because following Larissa's death, a true priest arose, and despite the certain knowledge that only the Malor bloodline can draw power from the Shadow Cave, he has been feeding innocent infants into its maw, ebony maw, in hopes of producing another much-needed protector. And we see poor little blue babies getting taken so, into the hungry tentacles of some shadowy creature. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah, very. Thus far, the cave, the cave has deemed each babe unworthy. It's an act of desperation and horror. It is infanticide, and it has tainted his hand and mind with the blood of 30 children. Oof. Yeah, and this is the bad infanticide, not the fun Lobo one. That's right, not the fun Lobo infanticide. This is, like, bad. <laughs> I could no longer bear the weight of my sins. Sheathed in night, I crept into the cave myself, hoping somehow to find and rescue the innocence it had claimed. My mistake was incalculable. Like the children, the cave found me wanting. It punished me. Three nights later, disfigured and broken, I escaped, realizing I was a fool to have challenged its power, realizing that only one woman can save the children of Talok. My grown daughter, Lydia Malor, our world's rightful champion. Lydia, you must return with me to Talok. And mm -hmm. Strata is holding Lydia back because she is having none of it. <laughs> and she's like, never! I owe Talok nothing. They, you, gave me to the computer tyrants of Kalu who robbed me of my youth, brainwashed me, made me kill my mother. The Talokians are not my people. And this is where Faze steps in. She says, maybe not, but you are a legionnaire. I'm sorry you were betrayed. I'm sorry you never knew your mother, but Talokian or not, you have a responsibility your mother would have accepted in an instant. Ooh, snap. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, Lady Quark chimes in. Yes, you were cheated of your childhood, but that doesn't mean you should turn your back on other children in danger. And they don't even give Lydia a chance to speak. Like your mother, I too protected my home world, Lydia. I was forced to watch helplessly as my family, my whole race was destroyed. You have a chance to save your own kind. For one whose youth was stolen, I find your peevishness quite childish indeed. What? Just because? And FaZe jumps in again. That's enough, Lydia. No one can make you assume the mantle of Shadow Champion if you won't wear it, but I can bring you to Talok. Telepath, please inform Docs that Recruit Malor will be joining me on a special mission. <laughs> <laughs> it's there like, we go. yeah, shut up. Quit whining. Yeah. That's right. Quit whining. We're doing this. Shadowlass and Phantom Girl together again. Although yes. not quite, but in a way. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. Kind of. Sort of. Yeah, which is kind of cool. 
kind of cool because I know I was certainly waiting as soon as FaZe popped in to see them make some kind of connection and that was kind of cut short when they, you know, killed off Larissa. (laughs) Too bad that Lark Hand isn't here. Right? Because we we just needed an Ultra Boy analog and we all set. Totally, totally. I'm sure they can find like a a big dumb jock to hang out. At the end of this mission, Lydia's going to go on vacation. A hundred percent. Alrighty, so then we check in on the recruits. Um, we've got Bertrand Dib holding the head of Darius. You know, Dib, you can put that down. It's not going anywhere. Darius is my friend. I swore I'd take care of him. See him rebuilt. And Amon Hack says, that's an admirable sentiment, Dib. You honor your vow. And Davroth, the flyer guy, says, yeah, by dragging us all to the edge of a known space on the most imprudent of errands. This is a waste of time, if you ask. And Xena says, no one ever does, Davroth. Doesn't that tell you something? (laughs) (laughs) Davroth is spending... Oh, go ahead. He's spending way too much time with Garen Beck. Totally. (laughs) You can tell 100% that Wade is doing the scripting because just in this panel alone, you get, you just get, I'm not going to say way more characterization, but you get a better, you get more more insight into the way they're thinking. Like each character has just a little more of the characters that we've seen kind of glimpsed up till now. Yeah, it's like more targeted characterization. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Davroth is just, the dial on his crankiness is turned up just a little bit, and and the Kuhn's honor loyalty thing is turned up just a little bit. They all get just like a little shining, and it's cool. Yeah. It is cool. Uh, we get Borb saying, Davroth, we're all skeptical about Darius's claims of being an Earthman abducted and cybernetically enhanced by aliens. But as a recruit, he was one of us. And if we can do anything to restore him, we will. So if Doc says that Darius comes from the planet Acheron, Acheron, I don't know. Sure. Then that's where we're going. Got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> You're right. He has been hanging out with... Uh, Back. Back. Uh-huh. Way too much. Uh-huh. So they come to this planet, which is pretty much empty except for this uh, circular structure. So it's like concentric circles of... Uh, yeah, think of like... Uh, it, it reminds me of um, Hell from uh, Inferno. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They kind of fly over it and they can see like a center dome and then walls kind of going out in these concentric circles wider and wider um holy grief it's some sort of fortress a dozen kilometers wide Woohoo! canada made it to the stars kilometers man <laughs> that's where the metric system comes space that's right it comes into space a nest of concentric walls divide the city into vast sections each encircling the central dome how is such a construct created my guess is the men in the middle have an answer. Zena, can you take us to the fortress's core? I'll do my best. 
provided the welcoming committee allows us to land and we see these winged warriors kind of like not really like hawk people more like i was i would say closer to dawn stars people because they've actually got wings but yeah but but not dawn stars people no. uh these guys are pretty cranky <laughs> back invaders no one penetrates the inner circle no one and they start uh, shooting lasers at the spaceship. That's powerful stuff. I'll say it's starting to weaken our shield. Xena, return their fire. And she says, no, it's not like we didn't provoke it, Ammon. To them, we are invaders. Let's set down inside the next circle. Or not, because the next circle is also shooting lasers at them. Concussion blasts. These creeps are no friendlier. Where are you going now, Xena? Obviously, an aerial approach is out of the question, Ammon. We're going to have to set down outside the citadel and approach on foot. So we hike to the center circle. Looks like as soon as we can find a door, that is, there's no trace of one anywhere. Doorways are for the ground bound. I choose to fly over the wall. That's, of course, Davroth. And Xena says, wait, I see guards, more of them up there. And, of course, he gets zapped by some robots. Uh, and uh, Bertrand says, here, hold this. And he passes the head of Davroth to, uh, oh, sorry, of Darius to Xena. Just in time for him to catch Davroth as he comes <laughs> I like falling how, down. I love how relaxed it is. Like, hold this, uh, sure. And he's like, yeah. got it. He's like, thank you, got you. It's all very casual, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's great. We've done this a million times before. <laughs> Davroth's going to fly into trouble. His cockiness is going to get him zapped. I'm going to catch him. We're going to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Bertrand, but I was only stunned. <laughs> so am I, says uh, Borb, at the protective nature of this citadel's inhabitants. Each circle seems less technologically advanced than the one before it, and yet they're all armed to the teeth. Here's a plan. I'll teleport through this wall and scout the city beyond. Any objections? We seem to have no alternative, but no theatrics and no heroics, Borb. Just find a door and let us in. Understood? Check. Off I go. So he Borbs away. And they wait. And they wait. And then they say, no heroics. You know he never listens, Ammon. Where is he? <laughs> And then a door uh, appears in the wall, a giant door, and opens. We couldn't see it from out there, says Borb. It opens strictly from the inside, and for good reason. So what's inside? And Borb says, "It, I, you better just come see for yourselves. And that is like a classic um, page break panel shift yeah page turn <laughs> because we're now on tylock eight and we've got the legionnaires and lydia and they are heading towards the shadow cave i see you weren't exaggerating malor says phase would that i were as i feared the villagers have gathered anew to pay worship to their mad cleric and that mad cleric is holding a couple of babies in Teeny tiny babies in like his giant hands. I don't think I could carry a baby that way. Like, 
Well, you're also more concerned about safety of the baby. You're not planning on throwing it into a cave to a shadow demon. When you're I doing guess, it like that's easier. It's more like holding a football, or, you know, or a ball or something. You're just like, ah, just toss it in. Whatever. Those are babe. Those are tiny. Anyway, they're tiny. Anyway, the priest is like, God of the night and the blackness, spare us the tendrils of your dark wrath. Once more, we bring to thee our prayers and our offerings. And the babies don't look happy about this. No. And Malor, with his badly scarred face, he needs like he needs reconstructive surgery stat. Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, and he comes running up. Stop! And the villagers are like, "Who? Malor, the betrayer? Oh dear, that can't oh. be good." No. He is begging them. Stop this! Stop it now! Are you mad? No, we are frightened. We need a protector, Malor. To replace the one you handed to a false god. So they start throwing stones at him. Stone the betrayer. No, I... Ugh, kill him. Uh, and then Lydia shows up and starts zapping her shadow powers around. Stay your hand. I am the defender you seek. I am the daughter of Larissa Malor, rightful heir to the title of champion. And the priest says, liar. Look closely. She's a pretender. Hers is not the true power of darkness. What is he talking about, says Lydia. Your powers, says Strata, they're different from your mother's. You throw bolts of black force. She manipulated shadows. Granted, it's a fine point. Do not be fooled by these charlatans. They have been sent to test your faith. Slay them. So the uh, mob <laughs> pulls out their hunting knives and starts approaching the legionnaires. But it's about to make all the difference, says Strata. You better find a way to prove to these people you're who you claim to be, and fast. Get your weapons, get your weapons, That's get right. your neighbor knob without weapons. <laughs> totally. Cliffhanger, we switch back to... Uh, Acheron and the recruits are staring at tons and tons and tons of robots who are all working away on more robots. The big old robot factory. That's right. What the? I've never seen anything like this, says Davroth. This place is packed wall to wall with grotesqueries, jury rigged life forms. They're constantly laboring, but at what? And the little robots are saying, create, improve. They seem to be building, augmenting one another with patchwork parts and electronics. And Amon Hack walks up to one. You, what goes on here? And the robots are just continuing to say, create, improve. And then we get like a, an actual creature that kind of looks like a monkey. Yeah. Sort of. Definitely looks like a monkey. <laughs> and the monkey is just screaming and trying to run away. And it's got part robot parts all over it. And Davroth says, looks like that one doesn't want to be improved. He's in pain. So they all go rushing forward. Obviously, anesthesia isn't a high priority with these beings. Let's go. So Borb uh, pops away and grabs one of the robots. And they free one of the creatures. 
That's one, says Borb, and two down, says Davroth, and Amon Hack takes out a third. And then the little creature runs off, and Bertrand Dib is like, hey, monkey boy, wait up. No use, we don't seem to be too popular around here, do we? And then one of the little robots finally clues in that that they've got a a special visitor with them, and the robot says, duh, duh, Darius. And suddenly all the robots have surrounded the recruits, and we get them all saying, Darius, Darius, Darius has returned. Yes, so the robots are almost like reverential sort of well there's the one right underneath the head it's like kneeling it says he has returned it's like yeah. kneeling to him arms are up in the air yeah they're um they are pleased apparently we go back to talak eight and strata is saying if we don't quell this mob they're gonna tear us limb from limb this would be a good time for a plan <laughs> fortunately i have one Lydia, you have to manifest your mother's power. What? That's impossible. Death to the false champion, says someone who comes racing towards Lydia. And Strategy just clunks the, the dude <laughs> it was away. Great. Just bunk. <laughs> yeah, bunk. We don't have time for impossible. It's a long shot, but I'm gambling that you inherited it from Larissa, and you've just never called upon it. So hang back. We'll handle the crowd control. And Faye says, you have to relax, concentrate, and find that power within yourself. And then Lady Quark says, before 200 Talakians kill each other trying to get to us. That's right. Way to... uh, I like how Lady Quark is not worried. She's not saying, before they kill us, like, before they kill themselves, these idiots. That's right. Oh, yeah. She's not worried. She's not going to be killed, but... uh... No. God, no. (laughs) They might They're not going to take her out. (laughs) You are our only hope, Lydia. We'll hold them off for as long as we can, says Strata. The rest is up to you. Take your time, but uh, make it fast. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, the priest isn't uh, going to wait for you like we will. So the priest is holding just a wailing baby. Hear my plea, oh, Eben, 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 like Eben, Eben Lord. Your faithful servant beseeches you. Oh, please, says Strata. We are not the enemy, says uh, Lady Quark. And FaZe is saying, don't make us hurt you, as she, like, whacks someone in the head. (laughs) Irony, a little bit. Why are you punching yourself? (laughs) (laughs) And the priest is still holding these two babies. Wave thy umbral vengeance. Stay your caliginous rage. And he's walking closer to the uh, shadowy shadows. And everyone else is kind of urging Lydia on. Don't break her concentration. Just keep fighting and pray for the children. And Lydia has got her eyes closed. And she's uh, squinting and scrunching up her face. And we've got little, like, uh, shadowy shadows kind of floating around her head, like in little S shapes, which is a kind of cool. Yeah, visual. I like that. They're all like little S's. Yeah. And... Strata says, oh, no. Oh, no. And FaZe says, blast it. Look, we're too late. Um, 
because the priest has got the babies right by the shadows. Find worth in this tender sacrifice. Enough profit. Release the infants. Let them go, says somebody. And it happens to be Lydia. Now. And she just sets off this ginormous uh, shadow being that kind of explodes out of her. Uh, everyone else is pretty impressed. And the people are like, wow, she spoke the truth. Our savior, she's come. Behold the sign. Oh, says Strata, it works, they believe. Hail to the champion and to the darkness everlasting. We're not out of the woods yet. That's only half the battle. The priest isn't cowed. Tashana, save the children, says Faze. And one of the babies and then the other baby are both tossed into the shadows, but Lady Quark zooms by, catches them both. Don't be afraid, little ones. You are safe now. And she flies off with them. And Stratus says, pity the same can't be said for you. Take off the mask. I want to see your face of the madman who would condemn babies to the grave. And it's just a regular uh, Talokian. I had no choice. Soon we will all follow. You know not what you've done here. The danger. Oh, my God. Is... It's it's old man Winters, the Talokian who runs the whole uh, <laughs> amusement, amusement park. That's right. Who would have known? <laughs> The danger is past, says Strata. You're the threat we came here to conquer, Crackpot. No, 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 hear me out. The spirit of the cave seeks a champion. Its hunger must be sated or all of Talok is forfeit. Lady Lydia, can you not feel its call? I feel something, but it's the hand of destiny reaching out for you. Only you can avert the coming catastrophe. She's staring, going, catastrophe? <laughs> Ignore him, Lydia, says Strata. If Talok is really menaced by some dire impending doom, then where is it? And of course, all they have to do is like look behind them because there's a giant blob of shadowy tentacles getting ready to eat them all. <laughs> yep. And of course, next issue is Strata finds out where that creature is. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. So this was cool. It was like a story kept moving along there. Zip, zip, zip. Oh, there you are. Yes, I'm here. Did I cut out? You cut out right. At least I didn't hear you right after you were say, about to say what, what the next issue box says. Oh, it says Strata finds out. Yeah, What's but next? since you're the one doing the recording, I think it'll still play. That's right, listeners. You probably got to hear me say that twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, this moves along. This also, I had to remind myself this wasn't a Keith Giffen book. Yes. Like the way the humor was, it definitely reminds me of like the earlier JLI, you know, before they got, you know, before it was more yes. humor, when it was like 50 50. When there was a balance, for sure. Like that first year on the book, when when it was, they were still finding, they yeah. still weren't sure that they were going to go full on sitcom, right? Like, so it was the balance between humor and and action and story was, was balanced. <laughs> there was a balance. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I mean, you had the, I mean, you have like here, you have this whole fight with like the guy trying to kill babies and it's like, it ends up like, well, where's this big doom? It's like, right behind you. 
It's behind you. That's right. It's right there, buddy. Totally. Or the whole thing with them yelling at Lydia. And she's like, but, but, but. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Giffen has a way of kind of bringing out the uh, the humor in a in a situation. And Wade, Wade does that really well, too. Yeah. So just just saying, like, I had to remind myself, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is Mark Wade. Because it definitely felt like that Giffen, that had Giffen touch. Yeah, for sure. For sure it did. Yeah, Alan Grant uh, tended to do more of the um, not hard science, but he was more story-driven, I think, than character-driven. Yeah, and I mean, from what I've been, no, I'm not an expert, so I could be 100% wrong. But from a little bit I know about, like, 2000 AD and stuff, that probably would be more like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think their stories tend to be shorter, right? And Yeah, because it was like an anthology book. You know, mm-hmm. like Marvel Comics Presents, you know, it had like a couple different stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got to move it along. Keep it zipping. Keep the paying customers coming back each week. Or each month. I don't know. Is it weekly? Monthly? I don't I know. I think Whatever it's weekly. It is. Weekly, wow. I Aren't most British comics like weekly? I do not know. Because that's what I understand from like uh, the Transformers book, for instance, that like they were doing there, where like that's why there's so many like reprints now you can buy of like the British Transformers stuff because like they would have to cut up the Marvel book. But eventually, you know, if you're doing it every week, even if you're cutting it up, event, you know, cutting up a monthly book, eventually you're going to catch up. Yes. They yes, had to start doing their true. own stuff to, you know, wait until they got, you know, they caught up. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, I miss a good weekly book. Emphasis on good weekly book. <laughs> I don't think there has ever been a good weekly book. 52. 52 was a good one. Oh, that's true. You're right. But again, no. but again that wasn't a long-term book. That was a... No, but... like a To be year. fair, yeah. No, that was, that was a good weekly book. But it did yeah. have, like, one story, you know, one beginning, middle, end. Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. All righty. Well, that's it for me. Paul is sitting on any uh, feedback we have. He will send that along to us, I am sure, at the appropriate time. <laughs> In the meantime, here. you guys are always welcome to send us feedback to... Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com or on the Facebooks or on the interwebs, wherever we are. We'll get the feedback eventually. Eventually it makes its way to me. (laughs) Yeah, we'll hear it. Totally. Totally, totally. Alrighty. Unless you've got anything else, that is it. No, just really enjoyed the book. And oh, and the more I read the series, the more I really am liking Amon Hawk. He's fun, eh? He's yeah, they're giving him the best qualities of the Kuns without the, the bad stuff. Yeah, without like the murdery parts. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. It would be cool, and I don't think we ever get it, but it would be cool to see him go back to Kundia and kind of contrast his point of view with the coons that we normally expect 
Yeah, because he's definitely an outlier. Because both here and in the 30th century, the Kuns are definitely nothing like him. They are, yeah, they're not. <laughs> You're right. You are right. All righty, folks. Well, until we check in on Kundia, which might be a long, long time, <laughs> we will see nope. you. Yeah, we will see you all. L A T E R. A D D I J U O. A D D I G U O. A digwo? A digwo. I feel like you could say that on a surfboard. A digwo. <laughs> I have no idea how to pronounce that. A digio? A digwo? A digwo. A digwo, dude. A digwo. <laughs> <laughs>